Welcome to the Niches You. My name is Matt Gottesman at Matt Gottesman on Instagram, and this is my daily podcast where I create short, quick hitting episodes to help you uncomplicate life, creativity, and the pursuit of your highest self. There's only main character energy here. Now let's get into it. Welcome to episode 55 Train the Body, Reflect the Soul. Are you negotiating with your soul? Now, um, I've talked about this briefly on the podcast before about the body and the soul needing each other, right? The body wants to go in the direction of short-term, short-term gains, uh, desires, wants right now. The soul's like, hey, I'm a GPS. I know, where, I know exactly where we need to go. Don't make it so hard. And when they work together, the body can carry out the soul's GPS, the the directions, and the soul can guide the body. The two can work together. But we have this beautiful thing called free will. So that's what we're going to talk about today, right? And um, I once had, uh, I believe it was on a live where, and I've mentioned this before, where um, someone had asked me, well, how do you know if it's your soul or if uh, it's fear, you know, how do you know if it's God or fear? And I said, my soul just knows. God just knows. Like, I, I, I can ask a question and instantly I get an answer. And now, and a lot of times it's not what I necessarily want to hear, right? Because the body has an opposing, um, or fear has an opposing um, approach, right? And we're going to get into that here in a minute. I'm going to give the five stages of mastering free will. And this is also coming from a book that I've mentioned to you guys before, and a few of you have asked to reach out about it, What the Angel Taught You. The book is called What the Angel Taught You, Seven Keys to Life Fulfillment. And I got to this part about the body and the soul and free will, and I thought this is a perfect time to circle back on this subject because when that person had asked me, how do you know if it's God or soul? Um, and versus fear. And I said, well, besides knowing that it's something that when I ask, it's, it's, it's immediate. If it, if I'm in my fear, I'll negotiate. Well, this I could do right now, or, oh, I could put this off until later or, um, but this just seems to really line up, you know? And even though the instinct, the intuition, the soul, God, that answer is immediate. I know. So let's talk real quick about free will. And I'm going to use a lot of references come from this book, including some of the words that I'm reading. So in the book, he says this life and death or free will choice process is constantly at play in our lives. In a sense, we are all deciding at this very moment whether to take the necessary pain in order to grow in life or to quit for the day and quote unquote, put it off for tomorrow. This quote unquote death decision can be the extreme variety, obviously, you know, where you talk, talk about like escapism and um, drugs, alcohol, um, you know, and even more fatal uh, choices. Right. Um, and with free will, when they talk about life and death, meaning like, are we are we making choices that breathe more life into us? Or are we constantly moving away into escapism, avoidance, things that don't bring life to us? So that's where he was kind of playing off of the life and death. Uh, and then, of course, you obviously can go to the extremes. You can have the most wonderful life or you can escape too much to a point where, you know, you've you've done something 
destructive, right? Um, he said, most of us are expert time killers. And while occasionally uh, time killing is entirely acceptable, perhaps necessary, many of us have perfected it <laughs> to a bloody art form is what he said. Uh, today, leisure has replaced growth. Channel surfing, web surfing, exotic vacations, just vegging out, gorging, checking your email every five minutes, bar hopping, you name it. The escape list is endless. We often vacillate between being totally bored and completely stressed out. And my good friend Nadim Al-Hassan had wrote a, 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 a recent a Substack newsletter about this, that you could be on the one extreme of being completely bored or on the other extreme stressed out from being overstimulated and finding that balance in the bell curve in the middle, right? And so, um, but either way, our response is the nearest escape route. Um, you could use time productively but it's easier to check out. It is the quintessential free will choice to live or to run away from life and in fact, quote unquote, die. And that's kind of what he was meaning, right? Are we living our life or are we avoiding it? And he says, deep down inside, we all want to be great. We all want to change the world. It's just that we don't always feel like putting in that effort. So we distract ourselves and escape from who we really are and what we want to achieve. And when we escape problems, we escape being great, as great as we can be. Every moment we're alive, we're using our free will to choose between life and death, reality or escapism. Whether we are aware of it or not, we are in constant conflict between these two choices. And how we resolve that conflict is where our greatness lies. Our greatness is found in using our free will to live, fight and accomplish rather than run away. In order to win the battle and master the awesome power of free will, we need to understand the five stages to this conflict. As with anything, the strategies for winning the how-tos are relatively simple, but making them a part of your life takes a lot of practice. Now, I'm going to go into the five stages, and it really resonated with me because in some form or another, I have been um, immersed in these without actually knowing it and now bringing a little bit more um, thought and structure to it. But he's absolutely right. Anybody, you can listen, you can go to you know everyone from therapists to coaches, mentors, all of this stuff, and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. And get lots of great advice. Anything worth doing is worth doing. You have to practice it. And I think that because we're battling the mind a lot, which we're going to talk about, and we're battling the body and the instant gratification and the desires, we want any technique to work today. Actually, we want it to work yesterday. And that's just not how life works. And you don't necessarily want it to work that way because you'd actually be bored. And I know you're like, no, I want it solved now. Yeah, but in order to really understand and have a relationship with yourself, listen, all of a lot of people, and I don't want to automatically assume all of you, but I would say a majority want an amazing partnership, amazing relationship or amazing business relationship or amazing friendship or whatever it might be. Well, that takes effort and like, energy and time and patience and understanding and communication and all these things you have to do that with yourself first and foremost so i'm going to jump into the stages and we're going to talk about each one using some of his notes okay so stage one life is a constant stream of choices the first stage of mastering the power of free will is to become aware that you are making choices all the time once you become sensitive to this fact you can then begin to monitor and examine your decisions. And some finer points in this section was um, basically the starting point. Keep a journal in which at the end of the day, you record five significant events of the day. 
Your days will become bigger and your weeks more significant. At the end of the month, you will be a bigger person because you will have more you accompanying you. Really, this section, stage one, was pay attention to how you are making decisions. If you do nothing else, do this. Seriously, just pay attention to, well, how did I make that decision when I did that? thing you know i i went out last night and i didn't really want to i'm just saying as an example um why did i choose to make that decision um you know what um this sunday i could go do this but instead i want to go do this and, and why just take one extra minute to think about why you're making the decisions you know maybe you dated this person when you maybe shouldn't have or maybe you turned somebody else down that maybe was a little bit better for you or you know whatever it might be be thinking about why you were like just how are you making the decision are you just simply making it on the fly without giving it any thought and from an unclear place which we're going to get into here in a minute right because the soul is clarity all right so journal take note pay, look, read it after you know five days and it's what's interesting is again it, it's funny that i'm reading some of this after i had just done my free workshop um which you guys can download online look in the show notes, um, about clarity and about, you know, what do you want and having how to streamline clarity and how to streamline your time. And when you gain clarity, you feel more in tune with your soul because your soul is clarity. All right. Stage two, don't be someone else's puppet. Be your own person, the capacity to be independent. Stage two, uh, what I love is he went on a tear. And he said, it's not enough to be aware of your decisions. You need to be certain that they are your own. You must take responsibility for them. Live your own life. To achieve greatness, every person needs to evaluate the basic assumptions and guidelines he or she uses to make decisions about life. And I like that he even says, this does not mean that we need to solely come to the conclusions completely by ourselves without any help, without any mentors, without any role models or thought leaders. No, those are good, but you have to come to the final decisions on your own. And I will tell you the greatest, and I think I've mentioned this before, the greatest mentors or philosophers, thought leaders, role models never gave me the answer. They knew that that was not their job because their soul is walking a different path than mine. And they also didn't, they, so they didn't try to tell me what to do because they had already been encountered with some of these same things before themselves. And two, they came to the conclusion that that's a decision you have to make on your own. However, how do we have the tools and the mechanisms and the thought processes and the reflection and the meditation and the prayer to get there? So the greatest advice givers were the ones who didn't necessarily give advice they gave me the ability to think even deeper and more critical thinking and clearer right um rabbis are very good at that (laughs) so it's like they answer a question with a question (laughs) so you can keep getting deeper right and he says here live for yourself not for society or for your parents or for your friends which you guys know how i feel about that because you cannot follow anybody else's path. No two people, not one single person has the exact same path. You may have the exact same job. You may even be identical twins with like exterior features that look the exact same. It's still two different paths. 
And then he also mentioned, don't become a prisoner of the decisions you made five, 10, or even 15, 20, whatever years ago, just because you decided on a career five years ago, doesn't mean it's still the best thing for you today. Don't be living in the past. We are constantly evolving. He's saying that you made decisions however long ago, even last week, but that was last week. That was last year. That was 10 years ago. You have to make from a baseline of today. How, where am I at today? And if you were constantly, um, you know, checking in with your own decisions, like you're constantly journaling, you're constantly or, or um, checking in on how you're making decisions, you're able to stick and move. Listen, when Kobe Bryant started playing basketball in the very beginning, I mean, yeah, he might have had a lot of natural talent and ability, but he wasn't the basketball player he'd become later on. And the one he became later on, he didn't say, oh, let me just keep, you know, um, dwelling on 10, 15, 20 years ago. He was a new player at every single minute, at every single hour of every single day. He was just constantly like building from where he was at, not living in the past, right? I mean, so um, you're always starting new, but from a higher place. Stage three, we must recognize the struggle between the body and the soul. Here we go. Let's get into it. This is what I was talking about at the very beginning at the top of the show. Your body usually chooses quote unquote death, meaning the yearning to live a pain-free existence. The body seeks transitory comfort and sensual pleasures. The body wants to drown in passions to procrastinate and to quit. These are all basically analogies just so you're aware, meaning that like the body can choose struggle, if you will, even though we don't even equate it to that. But it's sort of like because, well, I want it now or I'm afraid that I, you know, that the thing that I feel that's even bigger than me may not come or I'm in a fear or whatever it might be. It's seeking transitory comfort, pleasures, passions. It, it procrastinates. It quits. It's everything immediate, right? And he says the soul is fighting the body every step of the way. Your soul is the true image of yourself representing the person you truly want to be. Your soul is your drive to reach your potential and attain something beyond yourself, which is greatness. Your soul strives for meaning and clarity and purpose and to attain all things ultimately good. Your soul wants to grow, tackle challenges and overcome obstacles. It wants to quote unquote live in the fullest sense. And what's so interesting about that is striving for meaning and clarity and purpose. And you hear people all say all the time, like, oh, I'm just not sure. Well, I'm not clear. Well, I don't know what my purpose is. You know, what's the meaning of all this? You know, and, and, and that's, that's a very real feeling that really does happen. And if you're not careful, that can also, you can spiral from that. You can stop it right then and there in that moment and just be like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put the thought down for a minute. Let me just put the thought down for a minute and let me just check in with myself. Like, Hey, you know, what do I need to do? What? And, and maybe you're not getting the answer right away because you're still in a fear state or, or, uh, whatever state that's not connected. Give yourself a day or two or three or four or whatever, but be naturally curious for the soul's answer, right? And he said, you need to learn to distinguish between the cravings of the body and the aspirations of the soul. (laughs) Using free will means being aware of the opposing options presented by your body and your soul. What I say at the very beginning, soul wants to go one way, body wants to go the other way, but the two actually need each other. Identify which voice inside of you is speaking, your body or your soul. The body can be the master manipulator, selling you the here and now with the commercial message, avoid pain at all costs. And I want to bring up a very, very, very important 
point here because this actually also is what goes in tandem with stage two about being your own person. What happens is if you avoid quote unquote pain at all costs, meaning like you don't want to make certain decisions um, that you know could make you an outcast or look different than anybody else or you know people attack you or and when i say attack, i mean like verbally or like we just witnessed this the last several years i'm not going to you know go into the macro of all of that but the body as a master manipulator selling you the here and now and the commercial message of pain avoid pain at all costs um don't do this thing that's better for you listen to this thing over here um don't voice this over here because others over here may not like you for it. You have to make your own decisions, whatever they are for you. Own them. Be responsible for them. Use them to grow you. When you are not careful, you see people can be compromised of their values, their morals, their integrity, simply because the body's like, no, 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 no. Like the soul's like, no, no, no. Like we're going to do this. This is the meaning. This is where we're heading. This is what we want to do. And you got to break from all these things over here. The body's like, no, 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 no. Like I want to avoid that. You know, I don't, I don't like how I might be looked at, or I don't, you know, I don't know about that. And this is the way it's always been done. No, that's the way it's been done by others. Like every one of us again is on our own path. So you do not want to let yourself compromise yourself of your values and morals and integrity because it may be, quote unquote, in your eyes, painful to do something that's better for you. What does the body want? He says, comfort, sleep, indulgence, excuses, escape, and to quit. What does the soul want? Understanding, meaning, productivity, accomplishment, greatness, and reality. I ask you, what would you prefer? And he says the goal is to resolve the conflict between the two. All right, what's the solution? Identifying with the soul, stage four. Taking the steps necessary to ensure that your free will decisions are directed by your soul, not your body. Your soul knows what is best for you. It seeks wisdom, understanding, and clarity. That's why when you're unclear, you're like, you want clarity. You want meaning. You want purpose. Tap in with your soul. It's like, oh, thank you for asking. I would love to have that conversation with you. Let's do this. Your body needs to be attended to and even made to feel satisfied, but it shouldn't rule you with its misplaced desire and base motivations. Solution, and I love this is where it kind of derived the title, take care of your body, but live with your soul. Identifying what the soul means ensuring that the soul always has the upper hand. How do we keep soul focused, he asks. Think of it like this. The soul is the taskmaster. The body fulfills the soul's tasks. Just like, and it's interesting because I had said before I ever read this book that the soul's a GPS, the body has to carry out the soul's, you know, um, guidance, right? And I like that he said, try this, distance yourself mentally from what your body wants and empowering your speech patterns to reflect the reality of your needs. So instead of saying, I am thirsty, my body needs some water. Instead of, I am tired, say, my body needs sleep. And he said, making statements verbally and mentally, clearly differentiate yourself from your body. Your body's not you, it's only a part of you. So you're not saying, I am thirsty, which is a very, like, you know, physical world thing. You're saying, oh, my body needs some water. 
and it's just a small tweak in the in the language and he's what he why he brings this up is he's saying in order to control your body you have to be clever you have to use the very same tactics your body uses when it tries to convince you to do something you really don't want to do so like he's talking about he was talking about like with food or being lazy and not like going to do the exercise or not performing the tasks that you need to how the body can a lot of times that instant gratification like no you know what let's just lay here and we'll do the task tomorrow you know um go ahead and eat that we'll go exercise later you know, and again, this isn't about diet culture, just about like, you know, you, you know, if like certain things aren't necessarily good for your body and you should be eating it. Right. You know, but it's OK to eat it every now and then um, again, harmony. But like he reverses it and says a counter strategy. You and basically you can say, you know what, we're um, we're going to go. We're going to do this exercise right now and then we'll eat a whole pizza or we'll eat whatever we want afterwards. No problem. We'll do that afterwards. Because when you're tricking the body, what's happening is you're you're now working from the soul. You're doing something that's really good for the vessel. You're doing something good just in general as an activity that's good for the brain, good for your productivity, good for all these things. Afterwards, you're most likely to be like, you know what? Let's just forego the pizza, you know, or I'll just eat this instead or, or a less amount of it or whatever it might be, right? You're tricking the body. Or instead of saying, he says, don't tell your body you're going to do 50 push-ups because your body's like, no, nah, I don't really feel like doing that right now. Just say, you know what? We're going to work out for five minutes and then we'll go eat whatever we want or we'll go do whatever else that we had to go do. You're tricking the body using the soul, doing you, you, what you know to be really good for you right now, delaying the instant gratification by not by much for the body, but still making the body feel like that instant gratification is close by. And I thought that was genius when you I, I'm paraphrasing. I think that's really where he's going for. And I think that that's it's genius. It's sort of like saying, oh, no, no, we can have that body. It's cool. We could have that. But let's do that in about 20 minutes from now. Let's just do this thing first. And notice how many times when you do the thing first afterwards, you're like, you know, I think I'm good. I don't I don't think I need that now. Right. So we can trick the body in a good way. And then, of course, he says, finally, stage five is when you your free will aligns with god or co-creation surrendering living fully instead of being distracted right um because we don't have to if if we're in tune with our soul and we can feel the relationship with god we can actually bring our gifts to like infinite capacity the limitlessness to our greatness in stage five aligning it with god co-creation bringing our gifts to the world operating from our soul and our body is the vessel that's bringing that out versus just simply being, you know, um, uh, like, uh, trapped by our own immediate gratification or immediate desires, our immediate, you know, this has to be met right now. When we have a relationship with our soul, we also have a relationship with our body. When we have only relationship with our body, we may be neglecting our soul. And that's, again, that's, I'm also paraphrasing. You didn't say that, but that's really the crux of this whole thing. So that's why it said, train the body, reflect the soul, have a relationship with the soul for your guidance, have a relationship with your body to move and make the things happen that the soul wants it to happen, right? Train the body, reflect the soul. Um, and you can have this free will because some people might even say, well, you know, uh, if I have to make better decisions then do i really have free will you always have free will. that's the beauty and the, the most important thing i think i want somebody to understand about free will is that you cannot feel and contrast and experience without free will 
that's the beauty and the responsibility of free will. I did this, I felt that, I know the correlation. If I do this over here, I, get, I receive that over here. I know that correlation and making better and better decisions breathes life. Making your own decisions you know, independently and not being completely fixed by everybody else telling you what to do or how to do it or you know, all following the same thing. Your free will is a gift and a responsibility and it allows you to experience, it allows you to live fully. So the question is, do you like the decisions that you are making? And it's okay if you don't because you can immediately make better decisions like now. And you can even check in with your soul to do so. And that's a great relationship. That's it. That's all I got for you guys. I appreciate you. As always, thank you for tuning in. And I always say it in the end credits, but I always like to say it right now. Please leave a written review on Apple. A lot of you have actually been doing it more and more, and I really appreciate it. The more we do it together as a community, the more the show gets um, um, you know, expanded uh, and uh, more people can find out about it. It increases the reach. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. And until next episode, I'm out. All right, that's it. We'll stop there for right now. I hope you found this helpful and applicable in some way. I want you to remember, you do not need to fit in. And you certainly do not need to fit into some category or title nor be put into some box. The niche is you. It always has been. Please share this with a friend and be sure to leave a rating and review. Your feedback means everything to me. And also, thank you for listening and supporting me. If you're new and you want to receive these the moment they come out, please text me 480-530-7352. Text me podcast. I promise to only send you the good stuff. Thank you. And until next time, I'm out.